0: What's up, everybody? It's your old pal Damien D, just dropping you a little special treat here with a lost episode. We found it in the archives, we dug it up, we cleaned it off, we shined it up as good as we could, and we put it out for you. Now, I will let you know there are some audio issues with this episode. You will hear a little bit of an echo here and there, but it's not enough to detract from your ability to listen to the episode. And the great news is, new episodes will be coming soon we've dusted off the microphones we've gathered up the corn cobs and we're heading out to that creepy old shack in the middle of that old cornfield to start recording once again so keep your ears open and get ready because the maniacs are coming back in the meantime enjoy this lost episode
1: the following program contains
0: spoilers What's up, everybody? Welcome to Midwest Movie Maniacs. I'm your host, Damien D.
1: And I'm Heath Lambert.
0: And today we will be discussing um, what I believe could be the greatest horror movie ever made. Or the worst, maybe? I don't know. I don't even know what year this came out. It was a while ago. Maybe you have it. Maybe 2005. Have it. Okay, so we're talking 2005's hit, Zombie Nation. And you probably don't know what that is. And it's probably a good thing. But if you do, sorry, not going to lie. My opinion, worst movie I've ever seen. And we'll get into that.
1: Well, luckily, because of so many of the movies I've done on my other show, that's a random. uh, I'm pretty inoculated against terrible movies. (laughs) Otherwise, I might have quit this show. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this, this is. This is bad, 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 bad. I've had worse, though, on on my show. I've had a number, at least five or six movies worse than this one. But that doesn't forgive this one for being as bad as it is.
0: But to be fair, after watching the movie, you did text me and say, I quit the show.
1: But there was a smiley face at the end, (laughs) so you knew I was joking.
0: Uh, I mean, how could you quit the show? How could you pass up the opportunity to talk about this amazing movie? I I don't know. (laughs) I mean... What other movie out there creates the 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 idea that zombies have to eat cheeseburgers to survive? I mean, that just adds a whole new twist to the whole world of zombies. The lore has been altered forever. Who knew? Cheeseburgers.
1: Or Or that Romania is known for not, you know, Romani or, you know, what used to be known as gypsies. Romani magic. No, it's known for voodoo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. Why not?
1: Like... Sure. Straight up looking like Miss Cleo from the Psychic Hotline <laughs> ladies doing voodoo in from Romania. Sure. Okay.
0: Sure. But so we'll, we'll get into all that because all that exciting stuff happens later in the movie. Since you're the guy that keeps track of the storyline, I'll let you go ahead and start and then I'll jump in with uh, my thoughts and I have quite a few.
1: Well, first off, a director by a guy named Yuli... Lam Lamanel?
0: Did I write that? Yeah.
1: Lamanel, who did a bunch of, I've like, followed, he'd done a bunch of stuff. He died not t- too terribly long ago. He was in his 70s. He was in, like, his 60s when he made this, I think. So he should know better. But he followed this with a string of movies. It's, I'm sure not exploitative at all movies based on uh, real life series. He did a BTK movie, a Zodiac movie, a Green River Killer movie. So I'm sure those are quality as well. Oh, yeah. But it explains why. I mean, that he's clearly a German guy. He also plays Doctor. He plays the Doctor. What's his name? Look at my notes here. Doctor Melnitz, yeah. the guy in the wheelchair who keeps saying, "Is it safe? Is it safe?" To remind me that I'd rather be watching Marathon Man.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the director
1: of the movie, Mr. Yuli Lamanil.
0: Yep, he had to jump in to prove that he's as good of an actor as he is a director.
1: <laughs> well. Wow. <laughs> when you only give yourself one line to say over and over again, it's pretty. I guess that's pretty easy. <laughs> also, there's not... A, first off, this movie is horribly mistitled because we don't get zombies for the first 50 minutes right. out of an hour and 22 minutes. Right. The zombies we get... I don't know that they count. <laughs> Unless just raccoon eyes uh, a <laughs> mascara around your on your face counts as being a zombie. And then there's not it's no nation. There's not a nation. It's like five women. <laughs> so
0: But one of the women says the phrase zombie nation.
1: Yeah, she gets to be the one who says that the titular right. line. It's, Good for her.
0: I believe they're discussing like zombies basically taking over the world or whatever and then she's like zombie nation and i'm like okay sure they're not threatening zombies well,
1: yeah we'll get to it it's her <laughs> the idea is that like there must be people more like us out there right there must be a bunch of zombies around maybe a thousand why would you think that the circumstances that have made you zombies are very very specific right
0: and they're not even threatening zombies there there's no reason to fear these zombies because they don't really offer any kind of a threat to anybody
1: Well, unless, I guess if they get hungry and start biting just regular, I mean, yeah, they have a very specific, like, revenge against one person, but once that's done, they're still living on as zombies. They don't just go back to their graves or something, so while they get a new job, we'll talk about that. (laughs) But unless they bite people and make them zombies, then I guess that could be a problem, but they're not just running around eating people willy-nilly, mostly. Right,
0: they're eating cheeseburgers. They they say
1: so we so they, yeah, they these.
0: basically say that they have to eat cheeseburgers to survive. So there really isn't even a reason for them to attack people other than like a revenge thing. But once they got their revenge, they really didn't have any reason to attack another person. So it was like they're basically just people that have horrible makeup on their faces and they eat a lot of cheeseburgers, which I think those kind of people already exist all over the country. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's true. So the movie opens with this woman, Holly, who just wants to go to the airport. And man, let this lady go to the airport. She's all dressed up. She's ready to go. Her fucking bum husband or boyfriend or whatever he is is still in bed. And he's like, no, come back to bed. And he's like holding her. Like (laughs) he will not let her leave. And she's like, oh my God, please. I'm going to be late. I have she's a flight attendant. Right. She has to get to her flight. And this guy is just. (laughs) <laughs> does not give a shit like holding her trying to mack on her and kiss on her and she's like oh my god just let me go and while that's yeah. going on we're also cutting and, uh, to oh good
0: no I was just gonna say the uh, the acting by the way top notch
1: yeah the acting across the board is bad and it's not helped by a number of people who clearly have German accents <laughs> in Los Angeles and are being some of which are well I feel I feel like most people in here are being dubbed over like there's a lot of ADR going on where people's lips don't quite match.
0: (laughs) Probably, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they filmed this with uh, camcorders. It looks like shitty camcorder footage. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit more expensive than your... Yeah, it's like the the upper-level camcorders. Like, not quite film cameras, but a little bit more than your average family video camcorder. But it definitely doesn't look like they had a lot of money. So they probably couldn't afford good mics on set and then had to go in later and dub the audio.
1: Well, and this is put out, what's wild is this is put out by Lionsgate. But I think people forget that in 2005, Lionsgate was kind of like, they, this is before they were kind of big. Because when you watch the, like, the previews, the trailers and stuff at the beginning of the movie, one is for The Descent, which was like, ooh, we got lucky. We put out, we distributed like a movie that did pretty well and was right. good. And then the other three are for like more of this same, like, shot on vi- video, straight to video nonsense like this. So, that, it, it, in 2005, Lionsgate was kind of, this was their thing, like they were kind of putting out everything. <laughs> you know, and they've, they've classed it up a bit, you know, to where they actually put out mostly real movies now. Right. So while Holly is trying to leave the apartment to make her flight, we're cutting back and forth between that, and there's a cop standing over a half naked woman, which is a scene from later in the movie, so why we're seeing it now, <laughs> I, I don't know. Cause it's the Romanian girl, cause she's the only one who like, he grow he gropes her up and like her tops off and all the gross stuff.
0: Right. And the the.
1: but this is singer. Right, the
0: one unnecessarily close up shot of a nipple that we see twice in the movie because it shows at the beginning and then later in the movie, that same shot. And the camera, when they show the close up of the of the nipple, it looks like a different quality camera. It made me wonder if they just like grabbed the shot out of like, a porno or something and just threw it in there because the quality of the film changes quality in the nudity, like when they show the nudity.
1: Or they had money in the budget to get a real movie film camera for one day of shooting, and they were like, which day do you want to use this for? Like, the guy coming out of the ocean or, like, the zombie attack? And he's like, no. The boots. (laughs) Save it. Save it for that. Because this is a a feminist film? Question mark? No, it's not. (laughs) But it's Officer Singer, who we immediately meet. He's driving around in a and I, this is how great the movie is that I was easily distracted by what kind of car is that? Because that is not a police car. It's a red. And so I was looking at the logo on the back. So I go in, I got on the internet and I'm looking and i I have to find out what kind of car this is because that's more interesting than whatever's happening on screen. screen. <laughs> uh, it's a Mercury grand Marquis. So then I decided to research, is that even, are those ever even used as cop cars? And they are. I found a bunch of pictures of Mercury grand Marquis. But like painted up as police cars with the logo on the side and what city they're in and actual like cherry lights on top right. and the bumper grill, you know, this is just, right. a, this, this, this is, is just a car. Right.
0: This is like if they were undercover cops, except they're wearing uniforms. So they're obviously not undercover.
1: And they always have the one little light that you can reach up and put on the one little flashing cherry <laughs> that you can attach by magnet to the, they have that at all times. Right. But it's just there. Otherwise, it has no markings on it that signify it's a police. It's just a red mercury grand marquis. It's the. It's very silly.
0: Yep. But yep. you don't
1: have access to actual police stuff. So, but they're driving around. It's Singer, and the rookie who's been assigned to him, this guy named Vitalio, and Singer. Right off the bat, we know. Oh, this this is the bad guy because they're following behind Holly. We don't see her doing any of these things. He's like, look at this bitch. She's speeding. Look at this cunt. <laughs> he's, she's putting on her makeup while she's driving. She must be driving with her knees. And then we cut to her and she's not doing any of that. Right? Oh, she's on her phone. Right. That this bitch. He keeps, like, immediately, he's got a real problem with women, this guy. Yep. And so they pull her over and, hey, rookie, <laughs> I know, look, I know about the thin blue line and all that bullshit. And I know this guy is like your superior and you're new and maybe you don't want to rock the boat, but your partner just arrested a lady for no reason, uh, took her upstairs into an abandoned furniture store, and then came out 20 minutes later with a very heavy duffel bag and the woman nowhere in sight. (laughs) I would have follow-up questions (laughs) and a conversation with my boss. Right. Because that's, you know, I don't know how much more obvious you can be.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's uh, one of the things that I noticed... And it's a it's a small thing, but for some reason it stood out to me was he comes out and he's got this duffel bag that he's clearly struggling to carry. So it's got to be really heavy. But then he opens the trunk of a cop car and he like hoists it up into the trunk and the cop car doesn't even move. Like if you put a heavy weight in the trunk, <laughs> right. the cop car should bounce up and down. And then the next scene, he's pulling it out of the cop car and throwing it into the back of a pickup. And the pickup also doesn't even bounce when it goes into the back. So I'm like, OK. I give you points for acting like this bag was heavy, but this bag clearly wasn't heavy. This definitely was not a full grown woman. It would have moved the car when you threw it in there. Yeah.
1: But he takes him up to just, it's just like, apparently, yeah, it's apparently an abandoned furniture store or something. The upstairs, there's nothing upstairs except like a, a rug on the floor that he lays women on.
0: Yeah. And a TV.
1: Yeah. He does have a TV on which he only watches Catholic mass <laughs> from like the seventies. I don't know why that's showing yeah, on television. I think it's but... his
0: father. Because at one point he's talking about his father being a priest or whatever. And I think he's watching like a recording of his father preaching a sermon. And that was the only thing I could figure uh, oh, that would make any sense.
1: That's a good thought. There's two that problems with that theory. Uh, his father shows up later and it's definitely not the guy he was watching on TV. <laughs> and two, there's no VCR. So he's not watching recordings of shit. This is live television and he's watching a Catholic mass.
0: <laughs> but... And it's,
1: But it's clearly from the late 70s or early 80s from how everyone is dressed, how everyone looks. Wait, but
0: here's the problem. You are now attempting to apply logic to this movie. <laughs> you can't. Nothing in this movie makes any sense. So just because we don't see a VCR and just because the guy doesn't look like the guy who shows up later doesn't mean that they didn't intend for us to believe he was watching footage of his father.
1: Yeah, I suppose that could be. It's not even logic I'm asking for. It's basic kindergarten-level storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's a lot to ask sometimes. Yes. But come on, Rook. See something, say something, exactly. right? Like, <laughs> shit's going on. But when the shift is over, well, he's he, in he his... Gets,
0: he gets worse later. He sees more and still says nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, eventually he does, but it's he definitely waits longer than he should
0: have. Yeah. Actually,
1: no, actually, he never does. It's his buddy who goes and narcs out on on Singer. He never, he tells his buddy and then his buddy goes and tells right the superiors. Yep. Anyway, so off-duty now, Singer is in, like, fatigues, camouflage, you know, and goes and buries this duffel bag full of lady in the woods. And then we get the first of what is a bunch of, and they're mostly repetitive, the same thing over and over, but to start with, flashbacks to Singer's childhood where his mother is a wheelchair-bound doctor who runs an asylum that this kid is allowed to just it every day is take your kid to work day, I guess. And by asylum I mean it's like I almost thought it was bunk beds at first, but it's not. It's like racking like you would see in like the back room of a <laughs> of a grocery store or something. And there's just a bunch of people just like handcuffed handcuffed hand and feet to the frames of these bunk bed looking racks, like stacked like three high. They're giving them injections of who knows what. And there's one guy who's laying on his face. He has no pants on. And the doctor's, his singer's mother's like assistant this real Renfield guy who just pushes her around in the wheelchair. And he's just like caning this dude's bare ass with a stick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And a very...
1: Like maniac. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's like a very strange, like he's hitting him really fast and he's kind of just falling all over the guy while he's hitting him. And it makes no sense whatsoever. It's like just the most random thing. And they show that same thing a few different times throughout the movie. And every time they show it, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're just beating this guy's ass with a switch, but he clearly is enjoying it because he's smiling the whole time he's doing it. And it's just, it makes no sense, but most of this movie doesn't. So we're just going to have to move on because we're never going to understand it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of... So he grew up in this place where his mother was being very sadistic to her quote-unquote patients and also, but also very obsessed. She's like a neat freak. Anytime she's like, let me see your hands. Oh, your fingernails are dirty. Let me look behind your ears. Oh, you didn't wash behind your ears? You get the injection now or you catch... You get a whipping with the stick now and she injects him with stuff. Right. So he had a terrible... Weird childhood, I'd, but go go seek help. That's no excuse to murder ladies around the city. Exactly. Everyone has trauma, you know. Definitely. Rookie goes home to see his wife, who tells him she is pregnant. That will never be of any importance whatsoever in the film. No. But she's a very like. Hey, I made whatever, fajitas or whatever she says. You know, I made, are you hungry? No, I'm not hungry. Well, at least have a cookie. She's like his mom. She's like, we have to eat something. Here, I made cookies too. Have a cookie. He takes this cookie. He takes the tiniest (laughs) bite, like the tiniest little baby nibble off this cookie, which is so rude. Like your wife baked these cookies for you and he's like, oh God, I gotta eat this cookie now. And he takes a tiny little bite and then sets it down on the table, like right in front of her. What an (laughs) asshole.
0: (laughs) Right. But yeah,
1: her presence in this movie doesn't really have any effect you could you just not had her in here at all and it wouldn't really have made any difference
0: yeah yeah i mean the only time she really comes into play and it's not even really a big deal is in the scene later where he's engaged in like underground fighting or whatever
1: oh my god what the hell is that
0: yeah but they show his wife and she looks like traumatized by by, i mean okay he's getting his ass beat and then they show his wife and she just looks so traumatized and that was like the only reason she was there, I think, was just for that one scene where you could be like, look how terrified and traumatized his poor wife is. And I'm like, well, first of all, why is she there watching this shit? And why are these cops running an underground fighting ring?
1: Yeah, that's not the kind of thing you invite your wife to. No, <laughs> I feel like the uh, fight club you and the other police officers have set up in the empty cardboard box factory or wherever the hell <laughs> is they're fighting.
0: It's probably the same warehouse that every scene in this movie was filmed in.
1: It one hundred percent.
0: They had one warehouse,
1: but they're throwing the they're throwing each other into like big, like big cardboard boxes, like refrigerator boxes, or you know bigger. But they're clearly just empty because they throw them into them and they just collapse under their <laughs> <laughs> Like, what did you set up like a wall of boxes specifically to throw each other into, and for what purpose? Why is there why is there a fight club happening? Why did you bring your wives to watch? I don't. None of this makes any sense. It has no impact. Yeah, at all.
0: Never explained. It it doesn't do anything for the story. It's just one scene in the movie and then it's never talked about again. And I don't know unless they were just trying to establish that the guy himself is kind of weak, like the the rookie cop's kind of a, a little, you know, weak little pussy dude. So look at how easily he's getting his ass beat. So maybe that's why we're supposed to believe that's why he doesn't speak up against the other cop.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's also, I, I suppose that's a reason that you have the wife pre-pregnant, because now he, the, the stakes are that, like, I can't lose my job now. I have to keep quiet. If I lose my job, there's a baby on the way. What are we going to do? Right. She's going to pick up extra waitress right. shifts? Like, that's not going to work.
0: Right, but I feel like we're we're giving everybody too much credit. I don't think any of these thoughts were in their head when they were writing this movie.
1: No, I put way more note, thought into my two and a half pages of notes than they put into the screenplay, <laughs> so... We see the police station, and by police station, I mean an oddly decorated... Every set they have is decorated so strangely. <laughs> like the first apartment, Holly and her boyfriend's apartment, just the art that's hanging on the walls is weird and in weird places. There's weird things on every dresser that just feels like they just had a box of crap from a garage sale and just like, well, this is the set dressing, put it somewhere. you like, yep. And the police station it's is the probably same way. exactly I, what it is. It's clearly a basement where they have set up a couple, like, cubicles. And this is the police precinct. <laughs> but it's bare walls. You can see, like, big pipes just running through the room.
0: Yeah. And the chief's office, he's sitting next to, like, a big water, was it like a water meter or whatever? Was <laughs> it like like the, the meter that they used to come in and read to find out how much your bill was going to be each month? And it's like right next to him while he's sitting at his desk. And I'm like, really? The chief of police can't even get an office that's clean. And then the the, uh, wall is painted. But you can see like different colored brush strokes where they didn't even get a good even coating on the wall. Like they just slapped some paint on real quick and didn't get the job done. So there's like some varying colors of brush strokes here and there. And it's like, it's bad. Like, I guess this police department just had no money. (laughs) Yeah, I guess.
1: (laughs) They've got big, chunky computers that are well past, I mean, you know, for 2005, these are old <laughs> giant monitors, and yeah, the one, the lady, I'm, she's, not, she's not the receptionist, I don't know what she is, but Mo, it's Molly or whatever, the older redhead lady, her desk is covered with, and behind her, there's like, I think it's, there's like deer antlers, or no, that's in the furniture store, but there's something just, her. the decoration of her cubicle is very strange looking as well, like, it's just random shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, the whole thing is, like, obviously in some sort of warehouse or something. And I mean, when they walk down, when the cops are walking down, you can see each quote unquote office is just a cubicle where they just took two cubicle walls and put them up to like designate the offices. And even the door is like a metal door that you would find at the back of a store when you go to like go out the back door to throw garbage away that they just painted police precinct on. (laughs)
1: Yes, they had a stencil and some black spray paint and just found one wall next to a door that they could put Police precinct 707 or whatever next to it. And the way they even come in and out of that door, it looks like they're sneaking. (laughs) Like, quick, 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 before anyone notices we're filming, hurry, (laughs) go in and out of this door.
0: Right. Aye, aye, aye.
1: (laughs) Uh, So Singer and the Rookie pull over and arrest another girl who wants to be on a reality show or something. And... Singer takes her up and she's like offering herself to him. She's like, Well, I look, I know what this is about. I'm a hot girl. You you know, you're bringing me up here to this abandoned furniture store. Like, I know what you want. He's like, No, that's not what I want. He keeps saying we because he has uh, his mom's voice in his head or whatever. But so he kills her, too. I guess he's just whatever he's in, he's not like cutting them or shooting them or he's injecting them with whatever this stuff is. That at first it seems like it's just like knockout you know, like tranquilizer or something, but it must be what actually kills them.
0: Yeah, it's never made Because it's
1: all we ever seen him do to them. Yeah,
0: but hold on. To back up, one, one thing I noticed that I, I kind of thought was humorous was when they were pulling her over, Singer tells the rookie to run her license plate, and he has a laptop sitting on his lap in the car that's clearly not on, and he's typing on it. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of cop car? You just have a laptop sitting on your lap, not mounted in the car. And you're typing on it when there's clearly nothing on the screen. It's not even turned on. And he's like typing it up and then he reads off what supposedly is on the screen. And I'm like, come on, man. At the least they could have just got like a picture and put it on the screen. So at least there was something there. So it looked like he was actually using a computer rather than typing on a turned off laptop. I don't know that just I, I laughed like I laughed out loud at that scene because I was like, what the fuck what kind of cop car are these guys in, man?
1: Yeah, even just, like, a still photo of this lady's headshot clearly scotch-taped to the monitor <laughs> of the laptop of the screen is something. At least it's effort I would have appreciated. But just, yeah, a blank screen is the minimal, no effort at all. But, yeah, he's got a thing, he's got an otoscope, like, like the nurses look in your ear with. And he's, he's always looking in their ears and their nose and their mouth to see if they're, I, I don't know what he's looking for but he's seen if they're clean.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: But I don't know if it, he kills them if they're clean or if he kills them if they're dirty. He never says. What happens if they're not what you're looking for? Do you have to let them go? What's his ritual? I don't know.
0: Never, we don't never know. explained.
1: Also, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> so he goes to dump her body out in the woods, and there's like a hippie RV parked <laughs> where he would normally park, and it totally throws him off. There's like a guy with like halloween store hippie costume (laughs) like long hair with like a american flag bandana over it and like round sunglasses who gives him like the peace sign and he's like oh god no i can't i can't bury her here so he drives out to the what to the desert yeah and to make a secondary dump site i guess yeah because he's so thrown off by these hippies being there randomly
0: i'm pretty sure the hippies were just like somebody's friends they were like hey you guys want to be in a movie because they just looked so out of place.
1: <laughs> or they came up to film that day and there just happened to be some hippies there who aren't even supposed to be in the movie. And <laughs> Fuck, we can't film here. Go, go, go. <laughs> we can't explain this duffel bag. and We can't pay them the day rate for extras. so <laughs> just go. It's
0: hard telling.
1: So, rookie Vitalio has another cop and his wife over. Uh, Scott is this cop's name, whether that's his first name or his last name. Couldn't tell you.
0: Well, same thing with Vitalio, because I assume Vitalio is his last name, but his wife calls him Vitalio. And I'm like, if that's his last name, wouldn't his wife call him by his first name? Like, I don't know many wives that call their husbands by their last name. Yeah. And also the cops are hanging out and they're still in uniform. Like, do these guys not own street clothes?
1: Yes. (laughs) But that's, I mean, otherwise we might forget that they were
0: cops. Yeah, true.
1: But they're sitting around and, yeah, Vitalio's telling them, like, something's going on with this singer guy, man. Like, here's what he's doing. It's weird stuff he's doing with these women. I think he's killing them. No, dude, he's killing them. Like, there's no thinking about it. Right. And the wives are like, well, you got to tell. And the other rookie, Scott, who has, like, a greaser hairdo for, like, he just walked off the set of The Outsiders. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> this hairdo is, but he belongs in, like, the 50s. But he's he's like whoa 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 whoa, like let me let me talk to some people on you know i've been here a little longer than you but like you gotta just toe the line man you can't make waves all those guys the thin blue line thing is like double and triple with that crew with singer and the chief and a bunch of the older cops who none of them look older they're all like the same age but in fact singer's the oldest cop around by a decade at least but You know, they all served together in Afghanistan, so they're, like, super, super buddies. Yeah. So just keep this under your hat until we, like, know more or have proof or something.
0: Right. Now, wasn't the last girl that he killed before this conversation, wasn't she the one where Vitaly goes into the warehouse and he sees Singer and Singer's like, get the hell out of here? And then he just turns and goes back outside and he looks all, like, sad.
1: Yeah, it's either her exactly. or the Romanian girl. I'm not sure.
0: I just know that there's like a scene where he actually goes into the warehouse and then Singer yells at him. And then he goes out and he looks like a little kid that got yelled at by his parents.
1: Yeah, he didn't get far or actually see anything. He got like three feet in and <laughs> Singer's like, go back outside.
0: Right. Okay. But I mean, that, that in itself is suspicious enough that you would have thought he'd have been like, something isn't right here. Which, I mean, I guess he figures something isn't right. He's just afraid to say anything to anybody other than his friend.
1: Well, even just take okay. Take the duffel bag out of the equation. Pretend he never came out of the duffel bag or you never saw him do that and put it in the trunk. He still arrested a lady full of, on, for minimal to no reason, took her into this abandoned place, and then he comes out and he's like, oh, I let her go. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like,
0: right. Follow-up
1: questions, man. <laughs> That's shady as fuck.
0: Right. Well, not only that, but if he let her go, where did she go? She would have had to have came out that same door that he took her in. So questions.
1: Yeah. Is she going to walk? Like we can at least give her a ride back to her car. (laughs) Like she has to walk back to her car now. (laughs) So the brothers and boyfriends and assorted people of the women who are missing show up to the police station, you know, like, Hey, my sister's missing. My girlfriend's missing. Why are you doing anything about this? And the chief is very like, Hey, fuck you guys. (laughs) Like he's very like, get this guy out of here. He's like yelling at me. Right. Come take this guy outside. And by, take up, you know, get him out of here means take him out to the parking garage and beat him up (laughs) for daring to ask where his sister is. Right. But also the guy's like, and I heard, I knew a guy who saw, like, who saw somebody dressed as a cop shoot her. Well, that, when was this? That's either you're hearing an incorrect story or it's a different killer who's not Singer because Singer ain't shooting anybody. Right. But the theory that the police want to put forward is that, oh, there's some guy running around who's not a cop, who like, has a cop uniform and badge and gun, right. who's going around impersonating right. a police officer and killing his women. That's got to be what it is, because it can't actually be one of our guys. Don't worry about it.
0: Right. And then the chief tells them to go arrest some random guy, and they're going to pin it on him. Yeah. He like says a name, and they like go, go arrest you know, Bobby Jones, whatever the guy's name. And we'll, we'll pin it on him, which I'm like, yeah, that's a good cop. There's good policing there.
1: <laughs> so immediately after they we see them beat up, or one of the cops beat up this missing girl's brother, we cut, this made me laugh so hard, we cut, it's the shortest scene. We cut back to Rookie and his wife's apartment. And he's like, I can't take this anymore. We have to move away. And then it immediately cuts away. <laughs> like, it's like a five second scene. <laughs> It's like a whiplash how fast it goes in and out of that scene. Right. And so, right. but other the other rookie, Scott, does go and, like, try at least attempt to rat Singer out. He goes to the chief. He's like, hey, Vitalio told me all this stuff about Singer. Something's not right with that guy. And the chief's like, hey, hey, you know, I'll look into it. Don't worry about it. Then, <laughs> yeah, then we cut to the garage fight club. <laughs> yes. Where the wives are at. Like aghast as their husbands are getting beat up by their cop. Like what is what what is it for? What I guess we established that maybe it's to show that this guy is a wimp. But I need an but explanation as to why these scenes. cops just have a fight. Well, yeah, it's also the most the worst choreographed.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the fight scenes are painfully stage fighting. Yeah, so fake, it's not even funny.
1: But yeah, so Chief and his son of right hand man decide. Yeah, they're going to frame some schmuck that they have a criminal record on. And what's great, they call over to the. The older redhead, she looks like a lunch lady, but (laughs) her name starts, and it's Molly or Morgan or something, whatever. But they call over her, and he's like, and by call her, I don't mean they get on the phone, like, because there's no doors or hallways in this office, he just leans out of his cubicle and looks down for cubicles (laughs) of open, you know, the open row of cubicles, and is like, hey, look up so-and-so. She's sitting in front of a computer, right? But what does she do? Do you remember...
0: Doesn't she, like, go to a filing cabinet?
1: No, she has a little, like, Rolodex in front of her on her desk oh, with, yeah. like, index cards. And she goes, boop, boop. oh, yeah, it's this guy, and pulls an index card out. <laughs> what? I guess defund the police fucking worked, because these people <laughs> have no money. <laughs> they're working out of a the basement. They have no doors. Their computers apparently don't do anything. And they're just using an old, like, fax, <laughs> Rolodex shit. Like, wild. Right. And this is the LAPD, supposedly. Okay. And the other step of their plan, aside from arresting this schmuck and pinning it on him, is to literally bury Vitalio in paperwork. The chief says, don't worry, we'll bury him in paperwork. And the next shot is Vitalio sitting at his desk and someone bringing more paperwork to put on the pile. And it's a wall, there's a wall of file folders full of paper around his desk, like blocking him from view. (laughs) But we've already seen your filing system. It's a Rolodex on your desk. Where are you getting all of this paperwork from? right (laughs) there's only four of you how much paperwork could you be producing (laughs) anyway (laughs) then i guess that's not enough they just that's not enough punishment or keeping him busy or whatever because the next scene is vitalio his wife and scott's wife are standing around their apartment and a bunch of guys in masks burst through the front door and just like pin vitalio down on the sofa and beat him up and clearly these are cops right you know they're just wearing like ski masks And that, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the last we see of Italio, right? Uh, (laughs) So he might be dead. I'm not sure.
0: uh, Yeah, or maybe he uh, did what he said he was going to do and they moved away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, either they beat him to death there in his apartment or that was the last straw of fear and intimidation and he and his wife packed up and left. (laughs) Because he's, who seemed to be one of the main characters of this movie, is never seen again.
0: (laughs) And we're not even halfway through the movie.
1: Nope, I'm. Well, I just finished my first page of two and a quarter pages of notes. <laughs> a thing comes on the screen that says three weeks later. I don't know why why that's important, but and yeah, we see there's a room full of voodoo ladies who are the most stereotypical. Like they're all black ladies, and then they have yeah, they've got like the the headdresses on, and the, they look like Lady Cleo or whatever her name is from the psychic hotline ads. Yep, and they're casting yep. some sort of spell of. It's supposed to be, they say it's a spell of protection because girls are scared. There's girls going missing and turning up when well, no one's turning up. They haven't found the bodies yet. But girls are going missing right, all over this right. part of town or whatever. So this girl has gone to see these voodoo priestesses to supposedly put some sort of protection spell on her so that she won't get got by whoever's kidnapping all these ladies.
0: And we are we are 30 minutes into this zombie movie. And we get the first hint of anything related to zombies with the voodoo ritual. Up until this point, there hasn't been anything zombie-related at all.
1: But here's the thing. Voodoo zombies, historically, like the the, the concept of zombies made through voodoo, are not returned from the dead eaters of other people's flesh. They're just like mindless, you know? Like the voodoo tradition of what a zombie is, the original idea of a zombie, is not what we think of as like the walking dead, you know night of the living dead. Right.
0: It's Serpent and the Rainbow.
1: Right. Serpent and the Rainbow exactly. Is the only movie that like gets don't, it
0: right. <laughs> don't let them bury me. I'm not dead.
1: Yeah, it's someone who appears dead but it's not but they're totally under the thrall of the voodoo person whoever made them into a zombie. Right.
0: Uh, they're basically paralyzed and like their heart rate and everything slows to the point where they appear dead but they're not actually dead.
1: Right. But these voodoo ladies are making George Romero type
0: zombies. Well <laughs> for some not, reason. Not quite George Romero type zombies, but <laughs>
1: Well, I mean <laughs> with no budget, George Romero. And George Romero when he mean I'm the Living Dead had no budget and think of so think of how much worse this must be that they have these these just eyeshadow
0: These on. voodoo ladies were making Georgie Romello zombies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the off brand. That's right. The dollar store George Romero.
1: We're introduced here to my favorite characters in the movie, who will come back briefly later, um, Tarantula and Python reanimators, <laughs> who, because they have this woman, like, st- tied down to the bed, a spider appears to crawl up her skirt. Yeah. Which, I don't yeah. know if what we're t- supposed to take from that, but there's also a big yellow python who's kind of in the general vicinity of this bed that appears out of nowhere. Right. It wasn't there before, but... And then green goo starts pouring down this lady's chest and then she starts coughing it up. Right. So I don't know. I mean, as far as spells of protection go, this doesn't seem great.
0: And for some reason, these voodoo women are praying to shark teeth. They've got like a like a set of mouthful of shark teeth and they're like all praying around it. And I'm like, but I guess that was something they found at the yard sale where they bought all their props and they were just like, yeah, yeah, throw it into the voodoo scene.
1: Yeah, and there's like a there's a pig head mounted on the wall that when she goes over to it and like puts a cup under it, blood starts like dripping out of its mouth and nose. She takes the blood over to put in this girl's mouth. Right. So I I don't know. The spell of protection does not seem great, and I'm not a gun guy, but it seems like you'd be better off just going and get yourself a gun or a can of mace or something <laughs> as protection because this all seems bad news.
0: Yeah. Well, it clearly doesn't protect the girl. Bad things still. No, it doesn't
1: happen protect them at all. No. It just brings them back to life. Which I don't think is what they necessarily would want anyway. No. But we find out that Singer's dad was a minister in, you would guess, Germany. But no, Alabama. <laughs> Singer is not from Alabama. He's very clearly a German man. Yeah. With a German accent. Yeah. Not an Alabama accent I at all. I think
0: his dad had the German accent too, didn't he? When we see him later, I think he has an accent too. too. Yeah,
1: he might. But still you think you would, you know, growing up in Alabama, you would I don't know, pick some of that up, lose some of the German accent. I don't know. Cause his mom doesn't have oh, a German accent. You, ab-
0: you absolutely would, because <laughs> when I lived in Georgia, I knew a Vietnamese girl and she, if you didn't see her, you would one hundred percent think she was like down south backwoods hillbilly. Like I mean, me and my friend would be talking and she one time literally said, Y'all need to slow down when you talk, because I can't understand you so if he grew up in alabama he would definitely not have a hardcore german accent he would have at least a hint of an alabama accent
1: aye, 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 aye. his next victim is this romanian girl or maybe Vitalo is still around cause is this where they're sitting outside the burger place so the son's coming up and he's giving them a speech about like yeah because that's where he tells them that my father was a minister and or maybe it's Scott that's riding with him now.
0: Yeah, they, they reassign Scott. Scott becomes his new partner. Vitaly's in the uh in the office.
1: So they pick up this Romanian girl who's very and this is this is saying something, the worst actress in the movie.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's a high bar to clear. Yeah. <laughs> She's <laughs> Can I even have my phone? <laughs> I want to look at my phone. Like, she's <laughs> just, oof. It's bad news. So he takes her, he takes her up. This is where it, yeah, this is where it really gets gross, and we get really in detail of him, like, yeah, like, molesting her. There's no other word for it. Like, he's, you know, he takes her top off, and he's, he's not even, like, rubbing her breasts. He's like it's, like, it's like he's sizing them up medically. It's like he's giving her a breast exam. Yeah. So maybe he's a good guy after all. But an unwanted, unsolicited breast exam is still bad. Yeah. And I don't. I mean, even if he found on. a lump, I don't think he's going to say anything. So it's not helpful at all.
0: Right. But then he puts her top back on after he's done. He doesn't. He doesn't leave her topless. He covers her back up, which is kind of strange.
1: Yeah. He has. He has opportunities to do things to her, and the voice of his mother distracts him too much. <laughs> the voice he hears in his head of his mother like keeps him has like made him impotent or something like it's keeps him from being worse than he is I guess.
0: Yeah, and that made me wonder the shot that he gives them does it actually kill them or are they just like knocked out because if she was dead he was fully getting ready to have sex with a dead girl. Because he lays her on the bed true. And, I had because not he lays her, her Yeah, the... he gets up on the bed and it looks like he's getting ready to try to have sex with her and then he has the thoughts of his mom's voice and he stops. So I'm like is Is she dead? I mean, is he getting ready to engage in some necrophilia or is she just unconscious at this point? I mean, either way, it's it's bad. What he's what he's planning is bad. I mean,
1: I wouldn't put it past him or this movie, but if they if that if that doesn't kill them, then I guess what kills them is being buried alive in a duffel bag. Right. Which is also terrible. (laughs) So I guess we don't know for sure. It could be one or the other. And also, anytime these girls are, like, passing out from this knockout juice he's injected them with, they keep hearing some woman's voice saying, Sarah? Sarah? Is Sarah there? And is there a Sarah in this movie? Do we ever find out what this is?
0: I do not think so. I don't remember it ever being explained.
1: Nope. (laughs) It is nonsense for no reason.
0: But also, in this scene, we learn that Singer doesn't know how a fucking scale works. Because he props the girl up on the scale and he moves the little weight and the scale's clearly not balanced. And then he like lifts it up with his finger and then takes her off the scale, like as if he got her weight. And then he proceeds to take a note and he knows her weight. And I'm like, dude, you didn't even balance the scale properly. You don't know how much she weighs.
1: No, he got impatient waiting for it to like balance. And he just like held it in place with his finger and goes, got it. (laughs) That's not how it works, man.
0: No, not at all.
1: (laughs) Thank you. you didn't pay attention to mom's work good enough but yeah after she's knocked out and he takes some time he sits and watches the 70s mass on tv again he also clicks over to the news and here's a report about the missing girls or whatever and they're looking for someone dressed as a cop and then he has a he has a shopping cart upstairs that he throws her into pushes the shopping cart i guess downstairs i don't know how that works shopping cart's are notoriously bad at going downstairs when they have a person in them, yeah. unless you're on, in jackass. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it takes her over. And but this is we see. We keep saying abandoned building because it seems like it is, but it turns out to be a functioning furniture store. Yes, because a woman shows yes. up later expecting to buy furniture.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. That lady shows up and she fucking wants a sofa. She she wants a sofa. I want my sofa. Like she is adamant that she wants a fucking sofa. And so, yeah, apparently this is a legitimate store or she was just really confused and wandered into a store that's not legit. But she seemed like she had purchased a sofa and was there to pick it up or had talked about getting a sofa.
1: Yeah, like she had called so, ahead and spoken to and someone. He,
0: yeah. And he acts like it's his store. And I'm like, wait, does the cop run a furniture store? No, like,
1: not only that, I he, mean, he lives there because when they say... In a little while, when the chief is like, hey, I'm sending a there's a shrink I know. He's really good. I'm sending him over. He says, I'm sending him to your home. Right. He might even say house, but he says, right. I'm sending him to your home. And you're going to like talk to him one hour a week or whatever. Right. But when the Dr. Melnick right. shows up, it's just at the furniture store. Yeah. So does he live at the furniture store? <laughs> I guess. With yeah, his one the, TV and.
0: It's the area where he had the the girl on the bed, where he was like getting ready to do some nasty shit to the girl. That's the same area where they show up. But then later in the movie, they show him going to a house. They show him like going into an apartment or a house or whatever. So I was confused by that because I'm like, I thought he lived at the furniture store. But then you show him going into an apartment unless we were supposed to believe that the furniture store scene was in his apartment. But then that would mean that he teleported the girl from the store to his apartment and back to the store. I don't know. We can't make sense of this movie.
1: Hey, man. (laughs) <laughs> there's none to be found but yeah he writes yeah, he weighs her and he writes her, her name her, they got off her ID and her height and her weight and like cause he had asked her about like oh do you have siblings or whatever yeah she has a brother so he kind of a track of like okay who might be looking for her these are her stats she's clean or unclean whatever Right. and then we
0: see him stuffing her into a duffel bag that she clearly will not fit into cause he puts her foot in the duffel bag and it goes about up to her knee and there's no room for the rest of her body to fit inside of that bag without, like, snapping some bones out. I just like,
1: saw a video. I just saw bone. a video on the internet of a of a girl who hid in her brother's suitcase when he went <laughs> to the airport, so she could jump out and surprise him. And it was about the same size, so because she, she could squeeze in there.
0: But yeah, that that's a that's a contortionist, though. That wasn't a like dead or unconscious girl. Like, I mean, if he's snapping bones and really working, he might get her in there, but it just didn't look possible. But, I mean, I guess if he really worked at it, he would have got her in that bag.
1: Back at the police precinct, otherwise known as the basement with cubicles, <laughs> Internal Affairs has shown up, and they're all over this Singer guy, and they're like, look, Chief, I don't know what what you've been doing, but it's not just some guy dressed up. We have we have it on good authority. You know, we've, we've talked to Vitalio, We've talked to Scott. We know what's up. Right. So, like, let's bring him in. We're, we're on the hunt for Singer now. And... He takes this, he takes Romanian girl's body out on a boat. Because I guess he also has a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you dumping them in the ocean all the time? Why are you burying them in all... I don't know. (laughs) But he dumps her body in the ocean. Right. And then the next scene is he's up there. He doesn't... This is why I thought it was just his house or his home. Because he's up in the attic or whatever again, just watching the TV. He doesn't have a girl up there. So it's not like his workshop where he takes the girls he doesn't have a girl there. He's just sitting there watching TV. And on the news, they're interviewing this Romanian girl. Her, Romi's her name. Her brother. And they're like, hey, you got anything to say about your missing sister? And he's like, I'm not worried about it. My sister went to, you know, you Americans. You don't you don't believe in the right stuff. My sister knows all about Romanian stuff. And that's why she went and got a, went to see the voodoo ladies. <laughs> like, <laughs> Voodoo's not Romanian. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> And also, if that's good enough for him. He's like, my sister's missing, but I'm sure she's fine because she went to see the voodoo ladies. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Romanians. Tough, I guess. Sure. But yeah, he's just announcing on the news that, like, voodoo is real and
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> whatever. And then we see, yeah, we're about Tarantula and Python, reanimators. Like, that's a TV show I'd watch. <laughs> they're partners. They're out crawling around the woods and the desert. Uh, We don't see them at the ocean because they can't go in the ocean. But wherever they crawl, where the girls have been buried, their hands start coming out of the ground. So Tarantula and Python go and reanimate them. Right. I mean, that would be a more interesting show than this.
0: Yeah, they reanimate. The only girls they reanimate are victims of Singer. So apparently Tarantula and Python know where he buried all the girls because they go specifically to those locations.
1: Which raises a question for me. I mean, one of many. (laughs) Obviously, we have many questions, but pertaining to this scene. So, did each of these girls go and see the voodoo ladies and get the same spell of protection? Because we certainly didn't see that. No. Or hear it mentioned. As far as we know, only the Romanian girl went to see, or is it, they just become part of the package deal of, because they were killed by the same guy she was, they get raised up too?
0: No idea, because one of my notes literally says, why did all of his victims also become zombies? Because it's never explained. I mean, the brother says that she, because she's Romanian, she went and saw the voodoo ladies. The other women were not Romanian, so they would have no reason to think, hey, let's go see voodoo ladies.
1: Yeah, so, and she only went because had, it was, we got the three weeks later thing where it's like, oh, it's all over the news and all these women are missing. That's why she went to the voodoo ladies. Holly, the first girl that he takes, had no reason to go see voodoo ladies because he wasn't even taking people yet or whatever.
0: Right. That's why I said the uh, tarantula... And Python knew exactly where they were buried and went there specifically to resurrect all of his victims so they could exact their revenge.
1: But we're seeing this, at first it seems like, because we're seeing this, he's tossing and turning very bad acting ways in (laughs) bed and moaning, oh oh no, oh no, German, to himself. And he's dreaming of Tarantula and Python going and these girls coming back to life. But then we see that that's actually what is also happening for real, so he's his dream and reality are <laughs> the same. Right. Why would he be dreaming of that? I don't know. He doesn't know anything about Tarantula and Python. He doesn't know there's any voodoo involved in this at all.
0: No. And then we, we see them being reanimated. And I thought it was kind of funny. Like, one of the girls seemed to be struggling. Because the first thing we see is a hand come out of the ground. Then we cut and we see all the other ones getting completely reanimated. And then we cut back and that one girl, just her hand is still sticking out of the ground. And I'm like, wait how come everybody else is already completely out of the ground and walking around, and you're still struggling just to get your hand out of the ground? Like, she was just taking her sweet-ass time coming out of the ground.
1: Yeah, and Romy wanders up the beach out of the ocean where she got dumped. And bear in mind, this is... Okay, we got zombies. This is 50 minutes... Exactly. ...into an hour and 22 minute movie. And we have our first, quote-unquote, zombies. And by zombies, again, I mean mascara circle around the eyes like a raccoon and some leaves in your hair that's that makes you a zombie
0: it literally looks like they told these women to like put on goth girl eyeliner and then take their hands and smear it just like rub your eyes so it smears around because they just had on thick eyeliner and then it was just rubbed around like they just rubbed their eyes with you know like um, when a girl forgets she's wearing eyeliner and she just rubs her eyes and it kind of smudges around and that's what we are supposed to believe is what these zombies look like, even though they kind of try to explain it at one point. They try to give an explanation for it. They they say that they appear the way they want to be seen or they see themselves the way they want to be seen. And we get that one brief shot where the girl looks at a reflection in the mirror and she actually has something that kind of resembles traditional zombie makeup on. But nobody else reacts to them as if they look like traditional zombies because they walk up to people and the people aren't like, oh, my God, what's wrong with your face?
1: No, people are instantly like, "Ooh, baby!"
0: Yeah, like the first guy, the first two girls walk up. to first mama! Guy. I
1: like the way you do your makeup.
0: Yeah, yeah the the first the the uh, two girls. <laughs> also, their clothes, the are, girl, not, the, their uh, clothes are not their clothes are not dirty at all. Right? Yeah. Well, they're no, nothing. They're not dirty at all. But when they walk up to the first two girls, walk up to the guy in the pickup truck, he's or not the truck? I think he's in a car, but whatever. He's like, "Do you girls need a ride?" And he's like, all into them. And it's like, yeah, if they looked like traditional zombies, you're not going to offer them a ride. Hey,
1: you know what? I'm not offering to ride to two girls who look like that who, who just watched wander out of the woods.
0: Because
1: <laughs> they're probably on meth.
0: <laughs> like, True.
1: But they True. get in the car and they're just smiling at him. Yeah. And they can still talk because she's yeah. like, uh, p- give me a kiss or give me some sugar or whatever. And kisses this dude and rips his tongue out with their teeth.
0: His horribly fake looking tongue. Is in a bad, you know, bad special
1: tongue. effect. Yeah.
0: Well, before she says, give me a kiss, he kind of starts to get an uneasy feeling because at first he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a ride. And then once they all get in the car, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not so sure about this. I think you ladies should get out of the car. And then that's when she's like, give me a kiss. So let's have some fun or whatever. And then he's all into it again. Like he's immediately like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. And then that's when we get the fake tongue ripped out of the mouth. Shit.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: And one of only what, two or three, I think they only kill three people. That's the first of three Zombie victims in this zombie movie.
1: Two of which have nothing to do with what happened to them, and were just—I mean—they seem like they're kind of like—I mean—maybe icky dudes, but they're not. You know, like horn dogs, but they're not. They haven't committed any crime that we can see.
0: Right, and then we get uh, yeah, because the dead. Well, and then we get uh, those
1: those girls drive get, themselves. They eat that guy, and then they just steal yeah, his car and drive off. That's what I was so going to say. Still drive.
0: We get driving zombies, which is new for me
1: because they're not zombies, despite what the box art or the cover art or the poster or whatever you want to call it, which is clearly shows like a traditional and male, I might add, zombie, like a rotten face zombie is what's on the front cover on the poster for this movie. Right. False advertising.
0: 100%. <laughs>
1: the girls who are buried in the desert literally eat a dick. <laughs> so they come up, there's a guy in a truck yeah. and they come up to him and he's like, oh, hey ladies, it's, we don't, you don't, usually don't get your kind out here. Like, you look like too, like, flashy or classy. Like, you're. this is Los Angeles. And he's acting like he's in the backwoods of Tennessee or something. Right. <laughs> we don't get your con around here. Right. Like, he's some kind of hick.
0: Well, here's what I want to know. They She walks up to him and immediately just yanks his dick off. So my question is, was this guy standing at his truck with his dick hanging out of his pants? Because there was no time for her to, like, unzip or reach into his pants. She just immediately has it in her hand and it's completely ripped off of his body. Which two things. One, he had to have it out already. And two, I don't think a dick rips off that easily. I don't think you can just give it a quick yank and it pops right off.
1: Well, no, we see her grab like the front of his pants and there's like blood on it. And then she just has it. In, she's just putting it in her mouth. Right. So she r- ripped it off pants and all, I guess. <laughs> so,
0: I don't I don't know.
1: Pretty strong. Pretty strong. I, I, <sighs> and they steal his truck. And they meet up because I guess they know where they're, even though mo- only one of these girls even met the voodoo ladies, they meet up, I guess, or are feel drawn there or who knows what, right. like maybe they feel like drawn there because right. the next thing they're waking up at the voodoo ladies apartment and all the voodoo ladies are like, you know, oh, you've made it that let's tell you about like, not, they don't tell them the rules of what being a zombie is, but like, let's talk about your experience, you know. Don't give them the proper warnings of what to do or not to do. Right. But they're very, but right. it's very like, you got it. this is your life now. You gotta get used to it. You're a zombie now. And they get like their wish list. They're like, well, if you were still alive, you could do anything. What would you do? And the one girl's like, I would sing and dance. And then she's dancing around the living
0: room.
1: <laughs> and the one girl's like, I'm thirsty. So they go and just get her some blood to drink. And then Holly's like, I would want to see my boyfriend again. You know, the guy who was clutching at me and not letting me get to work on time. I love that guy. I want to go see him. I miss him. And they're like, yeah, you shouldn't. He's probably, like, moved on by now. It was three weeks ago, right? (laughs) He's probably over you. She's like, no, I got to go see him. I have to. And they're like, hey, if that's what you want, you'll see. Go go and try it. And she does. She goes to their apartment. And he's laying in bed exactly as he was the last time we saw him. (laughs) And he hears something at the door. Yeah, she sees, like, her reflection And she's got, like, some, like, scars on her cheek or some rotten flesh on her cheek, but that's it. Right. And then he comes and opens the door and sees her and, like, slams the door in her face. Not like... Because the thing is, you never saw her body. You never had confirmation that she was dead. She's been missing. Right. So why would you... When you open the door and see her, you should be like, oh, my God, you're alive, and give her a big hug and a kiss. You shouldn't be like, holy shit, it's a zombie, and shut the door. (laughs) Because you have no reason to believe she's dead. Right. As far as you know, she's just missing. But then he thinks about it for a second. Is like, oh, shit, I should. And he opens the door, and when he opens it, she's gone. She ran off because he slammed the door in her face. So there went that. That was a pretty useless bit of business. So back, oh, my God. This made me laugh, too. Back at the police station where Singer has been put on, like, sort of suspension, but he still is hanging around the police person in uniform. He's not, like, hanging out at home or at the furniture store. Right. But he's been suspended by the IA while they conduct their investigation. They were asking him a bunch of questions about, like, his time in Afghanistan and, you know, whatever. And he's standing around with the chief and the right-hand man guy. And they're like, hey, buddy, we know you're feeling down in the dumps because of this investigation. We got a hold of your dad, and here he is right now. And I laughed so hard because, first off, why would you think to call his dad (laughs) and get him to come there? And the fact that they're like, and here he is right now, like, it's... Like, they pulled the curtain away from the prize on the Price is Right. Like, here's your here's your dad. Right. And right. so his dad comes in. Uh, these men are the same age. The actor well, playing Singer and the actor <laughs> playing his father are the exact same age.
0: <laughs> well, you know, this is where they spent most of their budget. Because the actor playing his dad was, I want to say he was in Last House on the Left. He was in one of those old 70s, like, not really horror, but like, it's categorized as horror movies, like the rape revenge type movies. Hmm. Yeah, his name is David I Hess. Yeah, that. yeah. I saw it at the beginning; it said his name on the screen, and then I was looking for him. And then when the dad came in, I was like, "Oh, there he is!" And he's in there for what, like two minutes? Not you
1: know, even. Like, they walk they away, and they have. Could... Yeah, the dad shows up, and it's for nothing. It leads to nothing. He's just like, "Hey, son, I know how you liked how I was a." minister or whatever okay bye (laughs) it means nothing it's it's just a pointless scene and then the chief is like hey i got this i know this really good shrink he's gonna it's part of the like part of this process of your investigation is you have to get like checked out by this shrink but don't worry it's my guy he's good i'm sending him to your home which again is the furniture store right yeah back at the furniture store this dr melnitz guy shows up he just, he's going around the room. He's looking at all of Singer's stuff, like this hobby horse and a picture of his mom or whatever, and the deer antlers on the thing. And he just keeps saying, is it safe? Is it safe? Like, from Marathon Man, which is, what are you doing? First off, don't remind me of a better movie that I'd rather be watching. <laughs> and what does it mean? What is, he's not, <laughs> he does eventually wind up just looking at Singer and going, oh, you have psychotic infantilism. Like, you're still like, they have the brain of a child. Right. Okay, bye. That's my diagnosis. See ya. <laughs> is it safe? Is it safe? That's all he says.
0: Yeah, makes no sense.
1: So the zombies, girls, show up all wearing the same, like, mirror sunglasses. Right. At the police precinct, they talk to the receptionist lady or whatever she is. And she's like, Oh, you must be here for the jobs. Like, we've had so many cops quit or whatever. We, you know, we need to hire a bunch of people. And they're like, yeah, that's why we're here. The chops. They've apparently come there to get Singer. Right. But they just missed him or something because they follow him from there to back to the furniture store. where he pulls up in his truck and they're sort of hiding outside by their cars that they drove there, which he does not notice that there are cars in his parking lot. <laughs> but they're like, here's where they have their speech about like, oh, we could be guardian angels for women everywhere. And I bet you there's a bunch of people just like us. Why would you think that?
0: zombie nation
1: it'll be a zombie nation yep whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's where yeah that's there but as he walks in to the open the half open garage door of this furniture store and this lady comes barreling in behind him and she's like yeah i called ahead of us to come get this i want this sofa and i want it now and he's like the store's fucking closed and she loses her fucking mind yeah. She's like, fuck you. I want a fucking sofa right now. I'm going to call somebody. I came all the way here from Whittier with a, to get a fucking sofa. And he's just like, the store's closed. All This guy has such a problem with women. And he's killed all these women for no reason who have done nothing. He doesn't kill this broad <laughs> who's in his face screaming at him about a fucking sofa. He just turns his back on her and like, just go. Go away. <laughs> go away. And the store's fucking closed. And as she's leaving, the zombie girls come in. He does not notice any of this. And she says to them, like, "The store is fucking closed," which is almost funny. It's almost like that's almost a good moment in a better movie. It could have worked. It's so funny. Right. We get another. We get our last flashback to singer as a child, and he had a sweet fire truck bunk bed. <laughs> yeah, this kid's life wasn't so but bad.
0: <laughs> he had a he had a sweet fire truck bunk bed. But did you notice that the door to his bedroom? was just cut out of drywall and it was cut out badly. It was all crooked and jagged and shit. It was all crooked. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? He didn't even have a door.
1: No, he did not have a door, but he had a sweet fire drug bunk bed. <laughs> Your life could have been worse. You could be getting beatings and injections and just been sleeping on a cot. So think of that. Sure. <laughs> and we we come out of that flashback back to modern day. Singer is kneeling on the floor, hugging a hobby horse, or like a rocking horse, this wooden rocking horse, and sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> I mean, bad in a bad acting way. but Yeah, definitely. And the zombie girls come upstairs to his room in the furniture store, I guess, and really take their time. They don't make their move. They just kind of like are slowly creeping towards them and looking creepy. And he pulls out a baseball bat. He doesn't hit any of them, but he backs away from them. I guess he recognizes like, oh, God, these are all the girls I killed. Right. And he, take, he runs, he goes to his boat. So he, like, got away from them very easily. <laughs> just just for what? Why didn't they do, So we could have another scene? Why? Just have them kill him there in the furniture store. There's no reason. I suppose because we need to get him in, in the ocean? I don't know. Yeah. We didn't need to, but... And while he is coming into his boat, there's crazy, like, Egyptian music playing as the score <laughs> for no reason it's not anywhere else in the movie it does not match the scene that it's in at all
0: but the music in this movie is strange anyway because i believe it's in the scene right before that when the girls are in the uh furniture store there's like some like techno house music playing like they're about to just break out into a rave and it's like what how does that music fit with what's happening in the movie i don't know i feel like Maybe uh, somebody had a family member who did music, and they were like, put my music in your movie, dude. And said, so like, yeah, sure, just stick it somewhere.
1: Or it was whatever piece of free, like, stock music they could find somewhere yeah. <laughs> that they didn't have to pay for, I don't know. Could be. But he, despite these girls knowing where he lives, that he doesn't seem too worried about them being able to fall into his boat because he just, like, lays down in bed. Like, whew, I'm glad that's over. But lo and behold, they beat him to his boat. <laughs> I suppose, I mean, maybe... Romy would know where the boat is because she got dumped off it, but she was unconscious in a duffel bag at the time, so I don't know that she could really keep track of. (laughs) Oh, I was in the trunk. There were two bumps, and then we made a left. It sounded like we went over a bridge. Right. I don't know how, but they they are under his bed, and they all somehow all (laughs) five of these ladies fit under his. Is it even a water bed? I don't know. Seems like you'd have a water bed on his boat, but they come out from under, and they kill him and they eat him. Not much in the way of gore someone's hand is reaching into something and pulling out guts but it who knows what
0: it looks like chicken skin yeah i'm pretty sure they just stuffed guts inside of a chicken and then they just reached in and yanked it out and shot it in close-up
1: but it's very yeah it's very brief not much in the way of gore or zombie anything no and then they're back happy you know happy as you please they've gotten the revenge they're back at uh voodoo lady central and yeah it's here now it's here that the voodoo ladies decided to tell them, like, oh, shit, we didn't mention, like, we forgot to tell you the rules. Like, you can't, like, bite people or they're going to come back as zombies, too. Right. Which would have been useful information <laughs> earlier, which means the two guys, the guys whose dick and tongue they ate must be running around as zombies somewhere,
0: I guess. You would assume.
1: Yeah, and here's where the, you know, they're like, well, what are we supposed to do if we can't eat people? Like, we don't, want, we don't want to eat people anyway. We only ate that guy because he was the bad guy who killed us. And I guess those other two guys for no reason. But we know now not to. But what are we supposed to do? And, yeah, the voodoo ladies are like, cheeseburgers. (laughs) Sure, why not? And then we get a thing that says six months later, and they all, all the zombie girls now have jobs as police officers (laughs) at the precinct that Singer worked at.
0: Yep, they were clearly qualified.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't know if Police Academy lasts six months, uh, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But why? Why have they all decided to do that? I know they want to. I guess they want to be guardian angels. They want to go around and protect people.
0: I guess that that could possibly be the reason. But then we also see Singer coming out of the ocean.
1: We do. Zombie Singer has returned. He's coming out of the ocean. But it took him six months. <laughs> maybe. I mean. I guess he. Maybe he had to. Romy seemed to get out very quickly. Yeah. A, a matter of a day. So they must have took him way far out when they young.
0: dumped him. Well, she was young. She could swim faster.
1: I guess. He had to just walk trundle and walk across the bottom of the ocean like just <laughs> before you until we got where he was going. <laughs> yeah. And that's Zombie yeah. Nation. It's very, very bad. Very cheap and very uh, inept, I guess is the word I would use.
0: <laughs> yeah. I told you, I warned you that, that in my opinion, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And that's why I wanted to review it, just because I was like, this movie needs to be talked about. It's just so bad. Like it's people need to see it just to see how bad it is. Like, I wouldn't recommend anybody watch it expecting it to be a good movie, but you should watch it to be entertained by just how bad it is, because it's almost laughable how everything in this movie is bad from the sets to the acting to the story, like everything, is just so bad that the fact that it even got made, and the fact that Lionsgate even allowed their name to be anywhere near this movie, it's laughable.
1: Yeah, it is. But like I said, I've I've seen where, in fact, the next the next episode I'm recording for my other show uh, is a movie called Bigfoot versus the Illuminati, <laughs> which is much much worse than this movie. <laughs> so
0: I can imagine with a name like that.
1: Uh, yeah. But, yeah, this is bad. Bad, 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 bad. Don't, no need to watch it. And it's not, yeah, because it's not bad. I didn't find it bad in a fun way that's like you could sit around with your friends and make fun of it. Like, it didn't, to me, it didn't hit that level. It's just so, like, there's just no talent at any level of the making of this movie.
0: Here's my thought. Everybody, every single person listening to this podcast Needs to make it a point to locate this movie free somewhere. Don't don't pay any money to watch this movie. Please don't pay any money, but find it free however you can. And watch this movie for the sole purpose of it will make you appreciate the good movies so much more. Because after you see some shit like this and then you go watch something like The Exorcist or Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween, you will appreciate that movie so much more when you see What can be done when the people making the movie give a fuck about the movie they're making? Because I don't think the people that made zombie nation gave two shits about the movie. They just went out there and just did a bunch of stupid shit and put it on film and called it a movie.
1: Well, that, that is, that's his take. We don't always have to agree necessarily. It's, that's his take. My take is that it's an hour and 22 minutes of your life. You'll never get back. And there's better ways you can appreciate good movies than this. But my thing also, it's not, it's not streaming. It's not streaming. Oh, no.
0: Anyway. No, no, no. You're, I I had to get it from Netflix
1: by DVD, DVD by mail.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You you have to work. I actually own the movie. Um, just because there was a point where I was on a mission to uh, have the world's largest collection of zombie DVDs and Blu-rays. So anything with the name zombie, I immediately bought. And this was one of the few in my collection that I decided to watch because the cover art is intriguing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to check this one out. So I've actually seen this movie twice. And maybe that's why I'm telling everybody else to watch it, because I feel like since I had to see it two times, everybody else should have to see it at least once. (laughs) You all need to feel my pain, damn it.
1: Yeah, that cover art, a damn lie.
0: Oh, yeah. They clearly spent all their money on the, the cover art and none of their money on the movie.
1: So where does that leave us for corn cob rating?
0: Okay, well, this one is a no-brainer. I don't even have to think about it. This one gets zero corn cobs from me. Not a single fucking kernel of corn. Not one tiny little kernel. Absolute zero. Complete garbage movie.
1: I will have to go. I like where your head's at. I agree it is total garbage. But again, bear in mind that I have... You say this is the worst movie you ever seen. I, I feel like you're blessed. <laughs> because I have definitely seen worse movies than this. So I'm going to give it a half of a corn cob, <laughs> Just because I know this isn't the basement. This isn't the bottom of the barrel. Because I've seen layers of the barrel lower than this. <laughs> so it can be worse than this in my experience so i can't give it a zero because then i have nowhere to go from there <laughs> There's, you can't go any further down so a half of one corn cob out of 10 is where that, right. that's And so that means our average is what a quarter of a star i give,
0: <laughs> well, I give it a zero you give it a half a corn cob so we're going to give it six half chewed kernels of corn not quite a half a corn cob but not yeah, quite that's... a zero so we'll put it out six half chewed kernels spit out on the ground and stomped on, pissed on by a dog, caught in a rainstorm, ran over by a couple of cars.
1: Well, it's, it's the six kernels of corn you ate, but you didn't digest. And now they're in your. you look down in the toilet, and there they there are. There you go.
0: Six kernels of corn in a piece of shit. In
1: a, in a turd.
0: Yep. Absolute turd of a movie, for sure. But with that being said, we're going to wrap up this episode, because there's nothing more that needs to be said about this movie. And if there is, I don't fucking care. I don't want to hear it. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm done with this movie forever. If anybody out there wants the DVD and you're willing to pay shipping, I will gladly send that shit to you and you can have it. (laughs) Because, yeah, not even worth owning. But I own it, unfortunately. So on that note, uh, we are out there on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Maniacs Pod for all other social media accounts and links and whatnot. Just hit that link tree link in the description of this very episode. As usual, we will not be telling you what the next episode will be about. You'll just have to wait and find out. On that note, we are out of here. Until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. me if you can-